Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. I'm a professional intuitive, but I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most new age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Saturday, October 10th, 2020, as I record this introduction. This week, I am procrastinating. I'm so stuck in procrastination. It's the only thing I could manage to think or talk about. So let's talk about what it is and how to deal with it. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of the show. Be thinking about a question or concern you have. Hold it in your mind. I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that message. In personal news, one piece of good news, I managed to solve the mystery of my tech issues. And I am once again coming to you from only one computer this week as opposed to having to use two different computers to produce the show. Now, most creative people I talk to have either intended to read The War of Art, have already read it, read it multiple times, and some, like me, read it once or twice a year as needed. I'm keeping this episode short just so we can all go read it today. It's such an amazingly impactful message, and yet... It never sticks long-term. It's not a cure. It's just a therapy. That's how insidious and persistent procrastination and resistance are. Every time you think you're in remission, it's microscopic cells of toxic thoughts and beliefs are subtly multiplying in the background. I'm not just saying this. As soon as I upload and schedule all the files and posts that generate this show, I am literally going to make some Earl Grey, sit in my recliner, and read The War of Art for like at least the 20th time. It's very short. You can go through it in one sitting on a, on a repeat read. Um, if you're reading it for the first time, it, it might take you two sittings. This is the only surrender I allow myself in terms of resistance, regrouping and studying the battlefield. I have this book in ebook, audiobook, and paperback formats. Um, I've taken to using the paperback as a divination tool. When I need a dose, I turn at random and read whatever page I land on as the message I need to hear at that moment. Most of the book is formatted in small one-page chunks that lend themselves very easily to this kind of practice. And I suddenly started to wonder if they've ever considered making an oracle deck from the War of Art. I would buy that and use the hell out of it in a heartbeat. A smartphone app would be killer. You know, I have Pressfield's assistant's email address. And because they contacted me last time I talked about this book on the show. Um... I know someone else who works for their publishing company, too. No, I seriously may email them that idea. Um, I doubt I'll get any money for it or anything. I don't care. I just want the product. For today's Oracle message, I also picked a page at random from the book For Us. Um, And I have to say, it is shockingly spiritual in an overt way. You're going to love it. It's a great synchronicity that feels like it was just custom-made for this audience in particular. Before I forget or become even more deeply mired in resistance, I want to say thank you to all of you who continue to pledge your support on Patreon. 
It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show and want it to continue. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. To find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. In a lot of cases, I think procrastination may actually be trying to protect your future. There's always tomorrow. Your future is a wonderful place. It's where you keep all your great ideas and big dreams. The only problem is that tomorrow is not today, and today is where everything happens. Dreams are wonderful things to have around, but when you consider all the work involved in realizing them, dreams become daunting. So you retreat a step. Back to the fantasy, the brainstorm, the anticipation. Back to the fun part. You already have the big idea, and you can see the dream of your having reached the finish line, reaping the benefits of the follow-through. You can see the necessary action steps laid out before you. It's a long, hard road, but you can see where it leads. So why do you stop and not begin immediately taking the steps to get there? Why do you come back again and again to this beautiful view of your goal and yet decide each and every time to put off beginning the work? Or put off the follow-through? Is it because you're lazy? Maybe you don't have it in you to do the work. Maybe it's not such a great idea after all, and you'd rather not face that fact. Maybe you fear success, because your success will have repercussions. It will require change. Maybe you're just preserving the dream. Maybe you're protecting that gorgeous view of your horizon, forever filled with possibility. You love having a future where your dreams come true. Admiring your pretty future is a promise. That promise doesn't change the present, but it makes the difficulty of now more bearable. If you achieve your dream, if you arrive at your goal, if you successfully bring the future into the present, then to some degree, even if you do make it happen and you're wildly successful, you have destroyed that vision of the future. And even the best realized plans are only shades of the original vision. That original vision's not out there anymore, whispering to you of a better life, of someday. It becomes real. It starts happening. And the future is changed. By keeping a dream alive in the future, you're protecting hope. You love that potential, and you don't want to see the end of that gorgeous tomorrow. You need it. Maybe procrastination is not your enemy after all. Procrastination is not your fear of doing the work, your fear of failing, your fear of not finding your way, or your fear of discovering that your big idea wasn't as big as you thought. Maybe procrastination is not an evil, self-defeating force that plans to undermine your goals and make sure you never make it happen, fueled by this secret knowledge of how much you suck and don't really have it in you. Maybe procrastination preserves your dreams. Procrastination works for you. It's entirely on your side, fiercely defending your bright future. Maybe procrastination loyally guards the idea you hold most dear. 
Maybe it keeps that on that pedestal, pristine, full of hope and promise. Procrastination is the guardian of your future. And maybe it's doing exactly what you asked it to do. That's one theory. One story. There are other versions of procrastination. I was talking to a client the other day, and she told me that she was in the middle of working on an ad, but she was procrastinating because she wasn't feeling the ad. The truth is, I'm rarely feeling paid ads, and I definitely have some experience with creating them and blowing a lot of money testing them over the years. Sidebar. This storytelling that I do, this is content marketing. It's the least thirsty, least sleazy, least expensive, and most effective form of advertising I've ever found. It does require a lot of work, but if you love writing and talking and playing with technology as I do, then it's the coolest job ever. So anyway, we got into a uh, brainstorming conversation about other kinds of actions you can take in your business that are more effective than just a paid ad. And she has some content marketing that she's really good at. So we were, you know, kind of coming up with some other things that she could do that would still be more effective and more out of the box. And we just kind of wandered away from the topic of procrastination entirely. Stephen Pressfield talks about another devious force related to procrastination. He calls it resistance. And you know I don't recommend a lot of self-help books. They have to be really, really impactful in my personal experience for me to talk about them or recommend them to people. Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art is one of my top five of all time. The subtitle is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. I'm going to read you the first page of what is technically after the intro chapter, chapter four, the unlived life. And it begins with this. Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two stands resistance. Have you ever brought home a treadmill and let it gather dust in the attic? Ever quit a diet, a course of yoga, a meditation practice? Have you ever bailed out on a call to embark upon a spiritual practice, dedicate yourself to a humanitarian calling, commit your life to the service of others? Have you ever wanted to be a mother, a doctor, an advocate for the weak and helpless, to run for office, crusade for the planet, campaign for world peace, or to preserve the environment? Late at night, have you experienced a vision of the person you might become, the work you could accomplish, the realized being you were meant to be? Are you a writer who doesn't write, a painter who doesn't paint, an entrepreneur who never starts a venture? Then you know what resistance is. End quote. Okay, so... Resistance, procrastination. How is intuition connected? Really, what you're most often asking is a question about discernment. This is what we call those questions in intuitive development. How do you know? 
How do you know when you can trust your intuition? How do you know when it's not your imagination? How do you know it's not your ego or fear? Your first clue is to take a look at the potential outcome. So I circled back with my client after we did some brainstorming and I asked her, so anyway, you know, what was the ad for? And she told me it was to offer a discount on her services, her readings. So in this example of my client procrastinating running a discount on her services because she knew all of my feelings about it, the outcome is negative. We're talking about the outcome. We're talking about when is procrastination a clue from your intuition. So the first thing that you want to do is say, okay, what's the outcome? Running an ad discounting services is something you may know that's not a good idea for your long game, and you're kind of going against advice a little bit knowingly somewhere in the back of your mind. Um, The outcome could just be uncertain. It might work, but then you might hurt yourself down the road by suppressing clients who are just going to be waiting for you to run another promotion. Or, you know what, it might not even work at all. And then you've shot yourself in both feet. You spent money on advertising. You put a bunch of work into making it. It wasn't really effective. And now people are going to expect it from you also. You don't know for sure, though which way it's going to go. There's a lot of ifs there, and a lot of them are negatives. Now, as another example of outcomes, procrastination, I've been procrastinating finishing my taxes. Is that my intuition (laughs) trying to tell me something? Hell no. How do I know? Because the outcome of finishing would be entirely positive. You're done. It's not hanging over you anymore. It's, it's going to get done inevitably anyway. There's not any chance that you're not going to do it. So doing it and finishing it and being done with it is the most positive outcome. Um, and it is an, it is an outcome. It's the, um, uh, it's the only one, right? But it's positive. So when the outcome is certain like that, especially when it's also positive and certain, such as being done with your freaking taxes, then you know what? You're just procrastinating. You know, it's not your intuition. It's just plain old evil. It's what the Christians call the devil. So the thing about discernment and knowing is that you really don't. You you, you never really do know for sure beforehand. I'm rarely in the middle of doing an intuitive reading for a client thinking, wow, I'm so psychic right now, you know? And if it's for myself that I'm trying to process my intuition, forget it. I mean, nobody's a master at reading past their own emotional investments and their issues. So, you know, you really don't ever know. You have to act and then get feedback from the universe. And that's how you know. You have to be willing to experiment and act on your intuition. And the thing is, is that you can do this. You can practice this a million little ways in your everyday life. Just obey impulses. Turn down a different road while you're driving. Go somewhere new for lunch today. Blur your routines a little bit. Anything that comes up or presents itself as a new possibility or a curiosity, if it makes you think, huh, 
Wonder what would happen if I did that. Wonder what's down that street. If that comes up, just do it. Just see where that choice leads. Because what you can get really good at is practicing and allowing and sort of relaxing around your intuition. Feedback from acting on your intuitive impulses helps build confidence in doing so, so that when your intuition shows up again in more significant contexts, you can recognize it and act on those too. But procrastination, what is that trying to communicate to you? If nothing else, there's some impulse there. So ask yourself some of these questions. What is resistance the devil trying to protect? How does the devil benefit by your procrastinating? How does your fear benefit? How does your ego benefit by your procrastinating? And then you ask the question about the outcome. What's the outcome? Inevitable and neutral or positive? Finishing my taxes. Or uncertain and possibly negative, like my client discounting her services. Procrastination as a form of intuition or subconscious is going to be most reliable if it doesn't happen so often, or at least all the time. So if you're in a place where you suffer from chronic procrastination or what Stephen Pressfield defines as resistance... You just need to read The War of Art now, immediately. If you've read it, read it again over the next two days. It's a tiny little book. The ebook is 10 bucks, which is reflective of its deserved fame. When I read it, and I revisit it about once a year or so, I read it over two lunch hours. Thursday lunch break, Friday lunch break, you're done. Nobody can explain how this is working in your psyche like Stephen Pressfield does. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shifterspirits.com. You can also download a free ebook and a meditation to help you connect with your guides. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or with one of our featured practitioners, please go to sladeroberson.com readings. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or a concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. When we make a start, When we conceive an enterprise and commit to it in the face of our fears, something wonderful happens. A crack appears in the membrane, like the first craze when a chick pecks at the inside of its shell. Angel midwives congregate around us. They assist as we give birth to ourselves. 
to that person we were born to be, to the one whose destiny was encoded in our soul, our daemon, our genius. When we make a beginning, we get out of our own way and allow the angels to come in and do their job. They can speak to us now, and it makes them happy. It makes God happy. Eternity, as Blake might have told us, has opened a portal into time, and we're it. And I'll talk to you later.